0: Our second scripture reading is found in Matthew chapter 14. I'll be reading verses 13 through 21 in Matthew's version of the feeding of the 5,000. Now when Jesus heard this, and that is that John the Baptist had died, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. Well, they replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and all laid and were filled and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full and all those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus loves the little children of the world, all the children of the world. They are precious in his sight. Indeed, Jesus had a special place in his heart for children. We read about several interactions involving children in the Gospels. I'm going to read a couple of them to you this morning. In Mark chapter 10, we read, People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me, do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Then from Matthew chapter 18, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. It would appear from these and other passages in the New Testament that it was not just that children were important to Jesus, because they were, but that something about children was important to our very understanding of our relationship to God and our place in his kingdom. Think about it. It is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now these are some pretty serious words, wouldn't you say? So I guess a good question for us would be, what does it mean? to become like children, or to receive the kingdom of God like children? What characteristics of children might Jesus be talking about? And so it is for that reason that I've chosen to talk about this miracle that we've studied many times, the feeding of the 5,000, in terms of childlike faith our reading of this story from Matthew this morning does not tell us where the five loaves and two fish came from. Fortunately for us, this story is the only miracle that was recorded in all four Gospels. And so we know from the Gospel of John that this food came from a boy, a child. We don't know much about this boy. In fact, When I peruse my usual sources, I find nothing, zero, talking about this little boy. And I guess that's in part because of the magnitude of the story and the miracle itself. This is a big one, folks, okay? There's so much to ponder with the story of this miracle. We have the storyline of the compassion of Jesus, He had just learned about the death of John the Baptist and had retreated, presumably to grieve, and yet he makes time for this throng of people who would not leave him alone. We, of course, have the storyline of the miracle itself. I mean, five loaves, two fish, thousands fed. Really? Wow. We have the storyline about generosity, Was this a miracle of God multiplying this food to feed everyone until they were full? Or was it a miracle of the crowd sharing with each other? Or was it some of both? So with so much drama, it seems that this little boy kind of gets lost in the shuffle. In fact, John is the only one to mention this boy. And John also mentions that the loaves were made from barley, meaning that this child was likely from a very poor household, something that would have been quite common in those days. Food was scarce. People generally did not have much, nor did they probably have very much with them at this time. With all that being said, what can we learn about childlike faith from this obscure, unnamed little boy giving up his meager lunch? There are certainly many lessons to be learned, by all, but I offer three this morning. First, we can learn to dream big. Visualize a scene with me. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, brings this child to Jesus along with his lunch of five small barley loaves and two fish in order to feed a crowd that likely exceeded 15,000 when you include women and children. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Of course it does. Now, we don't know how this child was recruited by Andrew. You would think that most of the disciples fanned out among the crowd in search of food. It was Andrew yelling out, Hey, anybody got any food? Anybody got any food, thanks, Mayor? Did he simply see this boy carrying a small bag and say, Hey, hey, Jesus needs you. Come on me. Jesus needs you. We don't know how it happened. In the back of my mind, however, Andy... I think about little Leon from the Andy Griffith Show. (laughs) Every time the little boy Leon appears, he always has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a bite taken out of the middle and he always offers it to Barney or Andy and they always refuse. He got it all over his face. In my mind's eye, I see Andrew asking some of the adults nearby if they have any food they can spare And I see this young child walk up, stick out his sack lunch. Andrew opens it, tries to be nice. I mean, he is one of Jesus' disciples, you know. But he thinks, oh, brother, this is it. And what must Andrew have thought and felt as he ushered this boy and his food back to Jesus? Apparently, the others in the crowd were not as generous. Andrew says in John's version, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? The implication being, this is all we've got, Jesus. (laughs) Nobody else volunteered. And so you have Philip trying to calculate how much it would cost to feed all these people when Andrew pushes this boy in front of Jesus. Don't you know Philip rolled his eyes? You have got to be kidding me. We send you out to get food, and this is all you could get? You want a job done, you got to do it yourself. I'm over here trying to work out the math. Do I have to do everything? And so Philip does the math and says, it's not going to happen. Six months wages, it's just not going to happen. That's likely what Philip was thinking, and it's likely what Andrew thought. And let's face it. It's likely what you and I would have thought. No way can this happen from such a meager amount of food. I know it's what Amy and I would have thought. (laughs) It's like, what are we going to do? But childlike faith is different. Children think big. Children dream big. It's why parents avoid the toy aisle at Walmart when children are with them. You see a parent and child taking a buggy down the toy aisle, and the child asks or says, I want it. And the parent says, what? And the child says, everything. Everything. Children are not constrained by thoughts of why something cannot be done. They go along with the folks at Nike who say, just do it. Let me ask you something. When is the last time you dreamed big in your walk with Jesus? When is the last time you threw caution to the wind and said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm afraid the cynical world in which we live is drying up all our big dreams. We are dominated by talks of health care, and taxes, and immigration laws, and partisan politics. And if we're not careful, we can allow this to suck the life out of us and our dreams. A childlike faith is one that dreams big. And so what is it that allows a child to dream big? That's the second lesson I offer to you regarding a childlike faith, and that is, a child is dependent upon someone else. Andrew brought this boy to Jesus. Where were his parents? Not about that. Where were his parents? I find it hard to believe that his parents were not there with him at this gathering. Maybe they accompanied Andrew as he took the child to Jesus. Maybe they walked behind him, rolling their eyes, like oh, what's hiding their lunches. Oh, what's this going to do? I don't know. Maybe they were near the front of the crowd and could keep an eye on things. They saw Jesus there. Andrew said, I'm going to take him over to Jesus. I so said, okay, we know where you're going. But what we do know is this child depended on the adults in his life. It's likely that his mother packed the lunch for him. Then he depended on Andrew to take him to see Jesus. And then he depended on Jesus to do whatever he wanted as he handed over his meager lunch. Children can dream big because of the ones they depend upon. That's why the child wants all the toys at Walmart. She's not having to pay for them. Daddy can do that. He still has a check in his checkbook, so that means he's still got money. Leon can give Barney his sandwich because Mama's going to make Leon another sandwich. Young children are completely dependent upon their parents. No one knows the thoughts of that little boy who gave up his five barley loaves and two fish. However, because of his dependence on others, he gave what he had. I asked a few minutes ago, when is the last time that you dreamed big in your walk with Jesus, it may be that we are hesitant to dream big because we are the ones so often that others depend upon. We know we're not going to buy every toil in the aisle. I mean, even if we could afford it, we weren't going to buy every toil. I mean, we wouldn't have anywhere to put them. We've become so accustomed to having others depend on us Do we forget how to depend on others, ourselves? Do we allow our logical, no-nonsense, I've-got-this approach to stifle our dependence on God? If so, it may be that's why we tend to get into ruts, if you will, and why sometimes the dreaming stops. I want to think this little boy knew that his food would make some kind of difference because he depended upon the ones in authority over him in his life. He was secure and comfortable in that dependence. And that brings us to the third and final lesson regarding a childlike faith. Children dream big because they are dependent on others and because they trust that others have their best interest at heart. I go back to the parent-child relationship, you've probably heard some of the jokes about boys comparing the greatness of their fathers. Well, I've got a few of them this morning. The first boy began by saying that his dad wrote a few words on a piece of paper, sent them away, and received $100 for them, and they called it a poem. The second boy, not to be outdone, said that his dad wrote a few pages of words, sent them away, and received $500, and they called it a story. The third boy was full of himself and said his dad wrote a couple of pages of words, read them out on Sunday morning, called it a sermon, and it took six people to go around and collect all the money. I'll try another one. Three young boys were walking on a sidewalk arguing over whose daddy was the greatest, and one said, my dad is the greatest because he's the president of the town bank. The second boy said, that's pretty good. But my daddy owns two grocery stores in town. Third boy said, that's nothing. My dad is a preacher and he owns hell. (laughs) He came home last night and told my mom that the deacon board gave it to him. (laughs) That was better, yeah. yeah, I I thought you would like that. That was better. One more, one more. Indulge me. One boy said, my dad's way faster than any of yours. He can throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball from the pitcher's mound and run and catch it just after it crosses the plate. That's fast. Second boy said, oh yeah? Well, my dad can shoot an arrow from his bow and run to the target and hold it up to make sure the arrow hits the bullseye. That's pretty fast, too. Third boy said, your dads don't even come close to being faster than mine. My dad works for the government, and even though he works every day until 5 o'clock, he gets home at 3.30. That's fast. That's really fast turning the clock back you know children are able to dream big because they are dependent on others but that dependence means they really trust in the other and they believe that that other can deliver why would this boy go with Andrew and give his lunch to Jesus you know it's kind of hard for me to believe that Andrew strong-armed him into doing this give me your lunch kid give it here no, it's more likely that a parent told him, it's okay, go. Maybe the boy knew Andrew, I don't know. But he gave us food, and he trusted those in charge to do the right thing. We call that faith. Placing our trust in another when we are not able to see the immediate outcome. The writer of Hebrews describes it like this, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We are able to put our trust into an outcome without knowing how it's going to turn out. In terms of our walks with Jesus, it's a matter of giving ourselves over to God and trusting that He will do what is in our best interest, that he will do the right thing, that he can deliver, that he will take care of us. You know, it might be that you have depended on someone else in your life at some point, and that person has let you down. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child. Maybe a parent. Maybe a co-worker. Maybe you've seen many dreams come and go, not only yours, but from people that you know. Maybe your trust in another person or situation has been misguided. Maybe you've gotten burned. Unfortunately, that happens all too often in our relationships with others. However, we know and have experienced that our childlike faith with God will never be misguided. He gives us the freedom to dream big because we are able to depend upon Him and because we can trust that He will always have our best interest at heart. Always. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. They are precious in his sight. You are precious in his sight. I am precious in his sight. He simply wants our childlike faith. Let's pray.